Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And the topic of today is the Salvation Army, meeting human needs in times like these. Now, we have all uh, seen the Salvation Army in action. We have seen, particularly this time of year, the all of the red kettles and the people ringing the bells and all that sort of thing. And I, uh, when I think of the Salvation Army, I think of a, a very famous musical that I participated in a number of years ago called Guys and Dolls. Uh, and so I played Sky Masterson, who was the love interest of Sister Sarah, who was with the Salvation Army. So, um, so I, but, but I, I think that when we see the Salvation, we see it so frequently. And I know for myself, I don't really know exactly what they do entirely. Um, I know that it's good stuff because they've been around a very long time. And I know that a lot of people lean into their services However, I'm not quite clear on all of what those services are. So I thought in the midst of me educating myself, I would do a little bit of a journey and dive into the Salvation Army so that we can all learn a little bit more about who these people are and, and what exactly they do that is so wonderful to, to be around as long as they have. So I'd like to start off with just a brief uh, uh, uh his history, a couple of paragraphs here of the Salvation Army, uh, courtesy of Wikipedia. Uh, the Salvation Army is a Christian church and an international charitable organization. The organization reports a worldwide membership of over 1.7 million, consisting of soldiers, officers, um, and adherents collectively known as Salvationists. Its founder sought to bring salvation to the poor, destitute, and hungry by meeting both their physical and spiritual needs. It is present in 131 countries, running charity shops, operating shelters for the homeless and disaster relief, and humanitarian aid to developing countries. The theology of the Salvation Army is derived from that of Methodism, although it is distinctive in institution and practice. A peculiarity of the army is that it gives its clergy titles of military ranks, such as lieutenant or major. It does not celebrate the rites of baptism and holy communion. However, the army's doctrine is otherwise typical of holiness churches in the Wesleyan Armenian tradition. The army's purpose are the advancement of the Christian religion, of education, the relief of poverty, 
and other charitable objects beneficial to society or the community of mankind as a whole. The Army was founded in 1865 in London by one-time Methodist circuit preacher William Booth and his wife Catherine as the East London Christian Mission and can trace its origins to the Blind Beggar Tavern. In 1878, Booth reorganized the mission, becoming its first general and introducing the military structure which has been maintained as a matter of tradition. Its highest priority is its Christian principles. The current international leader of the Salvation Army and CEO is General Brian Peddle, who was elected by the High Council of the Salvation Army on the 3rd of August, 2018. So as you can see, this is a nice little uh, uh, foundational piece as we dive a little bit deeper and learn a little bit more about the Salvation Army. But before I go any further, I would like to introduce you to my guest today. She is the lead chaplain of the Salvation Army here in Indianapolis, Indiana. And her name is Charlotte Coffer. So welcome, Charlotte. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Bill. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, yeah. I'm happy to have you here. I really am. And I'm excited about today because we get a chance to learn something. And so I want to uh, just kind of open up right now and, and ask you, when did you begin your service with the Salvation Army, and what was it that inspired you to join the, the, the Salvation Army? Okay, it was kind of strange, but I think it happens in everybody's life. Sometimes you have those events that um, change your life from what you usually do every day. Oh, sure. And mine was um, from being married to being unmarried. Okay. And um, after 25 years, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was heartbroken. And I'm sorry for the, my part that I had played in that separation. And at that low time and all, I was just wanting to be of some sort of service to see if I still had some good in me to give. And I, there was a friend that said, would you like to come over and help at the Salvation Army? I said, sure. And so it was on Sunday, I would go over and do like a Sunday school. And it was down at the um, then Central City, um, church where the um, homeless would come in through the week uh -huh. and shower, eat and on Sundays I would do service help with services well after about um, a few months or maybe six months of doing that I was invited to become a member of the Salvation Army and I looked at their doctrine and I said well well since I've got um, your bat and your ball I might as well play in your field and so I became uh, a member I became a soldier of the Salvation Army. And then um, after around 9-11 is when, of course, we all knew where we were. Mm -hmm. um, at that time too, we had made, um, the Salvation Army had made a move from going downtown to be where we are now at 2,400 tips. And the opportunity opened up itself for me to be chaplain. And um, the officers at the time, you know, let me know that I would be, I would make a good chaplain and I said, oh, I can't be a chaplain. I'm a woman. You know, they're, they're not going to let me. Men ain't going to listen to anything I have to say. 
And so I went back and told my sons, I said, um, hey, they want me to be chaplain. And my sons um, being, you know, typical children who know more about you than what you, you think they know, said, mom, you do it anyway. I said, yeah, I guess I do do it anyway. And so I became chaplain uh, of Harbor Light uh, Salvation Army here in Indianapolis. And so that's what started my journey um, to become an off, not an officer, but to become uh, a chaplain for the Salvation Army. You know, that is, that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Um, and interesting, the, the Salvation Army, I mean, just the name of it, when you, when you tell of your circumstance that led you into that, you know, questioning whether or not you had uh, any, any good left in you, any, anything to offer to others, and how insightful that it was your kids that spurred you on and said, mom, you do, you are, you, I mean, you fill us up. So certainly yeah. you've got something to offer. So yeah. I think that's quite wonderful. So do you have, um, can you give me uh, just an, an idea of what the various services are just in general? And then when we come back in another, you know, our, our next segment, we will dive a little bit deeper into the work of each one of those? Well, the Salvation Army, wherever there's a need, we don't wait for the need to come to us. Of course, we go out um, to meet it. Um, and where those needs are, it can be senior citizens that will have a need. And so we have a, a place here in Indianapolis called Booth Manor. And so their focus over at Eagle Creek uh, would be the children but also of taking care of our senior citizens, not that we don't take care of them at the other cores. And we use military terms where you would say church, um, Salvation Army would say core, where you would say pastor, Salvation Army would say officer. So if I throw those terms out, I'll try to, you know, put an equal sign to what you're usually hearing. Sure. Um, we also have deal with children. So the Croc Center um, partners, we partner with them with the Croc Center. Um, to deal with the children and the youth. Um, there is also, we do deal with um, um, battered women or women and stuff that are homeless um, with their children. Um, and we partner with um, the um, Ruth Lilly um, for down, downtown and stuff of meeting um, those needs there. And just not women, but men who have, are in stress and stuff too, and, uh, uh, and not having a place. What I deal with here at Harbor Light would be um, the people that um, have been struggling with alcohol and struggling with addictions. Um, and they've been trying to maybe to do it themselves to find out it's not a self-doing kind of thing for everybody. And so we have um, the programs here that you can um, be living in, live here, and uh, we'll try to help you. And if that's not um, conducive, um, you can come in for our, um, our intensive outpatients that um, can help you in those instances. If there is a disaster, um, we, I was able to um, be where there is have been um, tornadoes. So we go to wherever that need would be. Um, um, we have disaster programs and stuff that we do. Um, we do things around Christmas, of course, I think we're noted for um, with those bells out there and our, our ringers and stuff because um, and I would like to tell you the story if you don't want to look it up, how it got started um, sure. a little bit later. But to, to know that um, every nickel, dime, penny, cent 
that's given to us has uh, a destination point. And those destination point is to meet those needs wherever they are. And just not here in the United, in the United States, but we also have over in foreign countries that we are, and they don't have bail campaigns. And they don't have the things that, that we have here. So every core, what we do is we send um, what monies and stuff that, that we can bring in, we send it up um, to um, the different headquarters so they can send it out. We send it up so that they can send it out um, to meet just not the needs here, like in the United States, but for wherever people are hurting. We want to be, that's the model we have that says, um, heart to God and hand to man, you know, oh, that's heart lovely. to God and hand to man. And so that's the little brief things of that we do and be involved in. That's fantastic. Yeah, you mentioned a number of things. And I, I love the fact that you said you don't wait for um, the problem or the, the uh, situation to come to you. You go to, yes. you, go, you reach out. And uh, I love that proactive nature. Um, and that is a that's that's a different model than many many church organizations many outreach type organizations that might be um uh something that separates it uh, uh, quite a bit you know is to step out and meet these needs so <coughs> excuse me i am thrilled to have you here today and i'm already feeling good inside because you know whenever I hear or, or am engaged in a conversation where people are dealing with service to others. Uh, you know, it really, it really means a lot because we live oftentimes in, in our existence in, um, in a world where we walk by each other. Uh, we, we rarely make eye contact. Oftentimes we don't really, when we ask, how are you doing? We really aren't expecting the truth out of that it almost just becomes this sort of uh just something you say yeah. uh, but when you ask that and you really do care about what is being said and the status of an individual i think that that is it's it's essential to our humanity and yeah. i think that it's it really means a lot so Can i'm I thrilled that, what I, I, one of the things too that i that i have learned as you um going to missions? Are you, um, are you opening up to want to reach out to other people? I found out that when you see people standing on the streets and they got their little signs up and everything. Well, one of the things that I have found in my journey is that we pack, I packed little bitty Ziploc bags that has canned meat in it, a bottle of water in it, sometimes some socks or something in it. And I have it in my back seat. And so instead of getting money, sometimes when you make that dilemma in your head, should I give this person money or what are they going to do with it? That dilemma now has been taken away because I've learned that in the Salvation Army that we have gone out and made those little bags. So I have it in my back seat. So while they're there, I'll bring it out and give it to them, you know. Yeah. So, you know, so the different things you, we, you can learn when you do mission work, you bring something with it, but you also learn something from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Something with it, but you learn. So those are one of the little tidbits, things that I've learned in this journey. Yeah. Salvation Army. You know, that's fantastic. Well, you know, I, I can't wait to hear a little bit more, but right now we got to go to a little break. So uh, mm -hmm. you are listening to Bill Myers Inspires and our topic today is the Salvation Army. 
and meeting the human needs in times like these with my special guest, lead chaplain, Charlotte Coffer. We'll be right back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives. From our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back. You are here with Bill Myers Inspires. I'm your host, Bill Myers. And again, I'm very excited to be here today to take a look at the Salvation Army with my guest today, the lead chaplain, Charlotte Coffer. So you, we were talking just before the break, and you mentioned that you rattled off a few of these items uh, as far as activities that the Salvation Army engages in. And so one of the things, I just kind of want to pick some of them off right now. So, um, so I want to look at, say, natural disasters, like a natural disaster. How does the Salvation Army sort of mobilize and and uh, and move into those communities? I, I'm just very curious because, you know, it's always a, it's always a process, you know, when whenever there's a disaster because and, and an emergency because we don't see them coming. That's why you know we're all you know up in arms in that moment. So how do you, as the Salvation Army, sort of move? out into these scenes and and what type of um services 
do you, I mean, do you have an example of that? That would be wonderful to know because that always intrigues me when we deal with emergencies. Um, um, that's not my, my uh, background with Salvation Army, but I can tell okay. you my association with it when I've gone. Okay, sure. What I've done with it and all is that um, we, um, there's a lot of preparing, the, preparing yourself before you go. So we'll know, so training has been involved and stuff when we do go out. And that's from um, hurricanes or um, we set up a base and all um, from one of the, the unique things that I was able to be involved in was Hurricane uh, Katrina. Mm. That, that devastation happened. We um, went down and we bought people because they had no homes or nothing to stay in. We bought them back to Indianapolis. So that way that we could service them and give them this, because they don't, they lost a medication, they lost ID, they lost all the other things that you, you know, would typically have because it was all wiped out. And in this particular um, incident, there was a girl there that, um, that came, she was deaf and they knew I knew sign language. And so they asked me to come and to, to speak with her and to talk with her and then to navigate her in the things that she needed so that she could get established again. The Salvation Army um, allowed me to take her into my home. And so I was able to just be with her and nurture her. And then I got to take her to get her, um, her ID again, um, those things that she needed to be established still. And then they did a marvelous thing. Um, they found out that um, she was graduating and that she was um, able, was ready to go to a, a college. And so what they did was they flew me and her both to Washington, D.C. so that I could get her established in Gallaudet College down there. And I thought that that was wonderful, not only in helping her from that disaster, but helping pushing her into another level of, uh, of life. So we just didn't stop at that. There were some people there from that incident um, that we uh, were able to establish them. And so they were able either to go back when it was ready, and a lot of them decided to stay here in Indiana itself. Um, so those are one of the things that we do when there was a tornado, yeah, or tornado um, down in um, Southern Indiana, they, I was able to um, be one of the ones to go down. And what I found out about Salvation Army, that we're there for the people, but when you have so many people wanting to help people, sometimes you can step over each other's feet, you know, yeah. trying, oh, yeah. to, trying to help them, you know, you have churches going down and you have service groups going down. And the unique thing I saw about the Salvation Army is that we went down and when it was so busy, everybody else taking care of them, we took care of the people that were taking care of them, which would be your policemen, which would be your firemen. We made sure that we would take care of them so that that would free other people up. And I thought that was so marvelous of taking care of the people that were taking care of the ones that were close down there. And so I really um, looked at the Salvation Army and said, oh boy, there's enough to be done. If you're doing that, then let us go over here and take care of our, uh, our frontline people, I should say. So um, like I said, I can't give you the background on how they get us to get there. I can just tell you what they've done after I've gone there. Sure. Well, I, th I think that's pretty fantastic. And, and you, you just hit on something that oftentimes in, our, in, in the narratives, whether it's the news or however this, you know, the stories are told, um, 
but you just described what we've been talking about as essential workers um, and, and yes. that topic today as it relates to um, the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and that is so incredible to that the Salvation Army found its niche. It found its, its angle in being the support mechanism to care for and to, to support uh the folks that were on the on the front line doing it i think that's fantastic and oftentimes again those roles like that they don't get they don't get the headline no. they don't they don't get the mention so mm-hmm. i think that it's very very important and uh and and awesome quite frankly that that's that's a place that the salvation army found an angle to go in and to be the support to the workers themselves. I think that is fantastic. Yeah. Again, um, it, it turns into unsung heroes. It's like the people in the shadows who are yeah. kind of yeah. gluing it together. And I, yeah. I think that that's, that's incredible. Uh, and it's incredibly selfless also because they're not searching for the headline or the look at me, look at me. It's just, no, uh, there's something that needs to be done and we're going to do it. I think yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. So, and it's interesting, as you mentioned, uh, Katrina and bringing some, bringing lots of those folks from New Orleans and, and from Louisiana to, Indi- to, to, to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that for a, num- for a good period uh, around shortly after Katrina, uh, I would be down, you know, I, of course, I'm a jazz musician and I would be down at... Um, the chatterbox downtown and there were a number i mean a number like probably about 10 people or so who were musicians who hovered around the chatterbox during the time of particularly the weekends when the the you know the the headliners you know are, are playing there and they had their guitars on their back yeah. uh and they would sit outside and they would play and uh and it was just fantastic that the spirit uh, yeah. of these individuals to continue to persevere and to share their music. So yeah. I got the greatest pleasure out of meeting some of these musicians, as well as when we were on a break to go outside and support uh-huh. them during the break because they yeah. were outside. Uh, and so that was that was pretty special. But yeah, there was a quite an influx of people after Katrina yeah. that did land here in, yeah. in Indianapolis and in yeah. still the downtown area, which at that time I'm sure was probably, uh, what is it? The um, city of hope, the building that's right down the street from the chatterbox. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that was probably the center area where, yeah. where people were hanging out and also Harbor light, which was down, you know, just South of there on uh, right. Delaware, I, I guess it was, but yeah. So I, you know, that's, that's good stuff. And, uh, and I know I enjoyed those connections with the people from New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. So that was as oh, close wow. as I could get yeah, yeah. Was to, to talk to them and uh, to, to share with them. So that was pretty fantastic. And I know I enjoyed it. So we are going to be coming up on another break here in a minute, but I know that when we come back, I really do want to talk about <clears throat> the, the women's shelter, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and that, and I know I also want to, um, talk about the effect 
of COVID-19 and mm. how that has uh, influenced or uh, the activities of the Salvation Army. Because again, as you say, you go where the need is and boy, it, that, that need is not a geographic issue at this time. No. It's no. everywhere. Yeah. And so I know that many, many companies and many, many services and many, many uh, you know, medical facilities, again, are overrun uh, with activity. And so I want to, to uh, learn more about the efforts of the Salvation Army in this time yeah. uh, and, and how that is uh, making a difference in our community. Because uh, again, the, uh, we've never seen anything like it. Uh, so it's, it's, no. it's, it's a very unique circumstance and it's yeah. not, it's not just here in, in the, in Indiana or the Midwest, it's all over yeah. the world. Yes. And so that yes. takes on a whole other, so there's oh, no man. place to, that you can run to no. or run away from it. You can't escape it. You cannot escape it. And so yeah. therefore you must address it head on. Uh, so, and that, and that requires so much courage and so much, uh, so much drive and conviction, uh, in order to stand in this, this strange blender of circumstance that we're mm -hmm. all in. I, mm -hmm. I had a, I had gotten a uh, text message from, uh, my best friend in high school, we were both drum majors at Broad Ripple and uh, oh, yeah, Broad Ripple. Yeah, Broad Ripple High School in yeah, Indianapolis, yeah, Rockets yeah, in the right. house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he just he just dropped me a note and he said, uh, you know, I'm praying for you, Bill. And then I said, Well, I'm praying for you as well. And then he sent the, the second part of the message was I spend lots of my time now crying. Wow. He's been out of work since March. I've been out of work since March as well, because that's when everything sort of shut down and many of the things didn't come back. And so, um, but he was, he was pretty distraught about that. And so that, that led to a pretty lengthy conversation that I had with him not, last night, compelled to reach out to him and, and to shore him up a bit and at least yeah. let him know he's not alone by any stretch of the imagination yeah. Yeah. and uh, to let him know that I think our outlook should be one of optimism. And I think that we'll be okay. As long yeah. as we are looking out for each other and continue to pray for one another, yeah. I think yeah. that's the right solution. So, yes. Yes. so, we're going to take this break right now. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires, and today our topic is the Salvation Army, meeting the human needs in times like these, with my special yeah. guest, lead chaplain, Charlotte Coffer. We'll be back in just a moment. Today, we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. 
For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. Here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We are back, and uh, we are talking about the Salvation Army and the many wonderful services that they provide to communities all over the world. And my guest today is lead chaplain Charlotte Coffer. Uh, so before we took the break, I said I wanted to, to get into uh, COVID-19. And the question that I have is how is how has the pandemic affected the services and the outreach efforts of the Salvation Army? Well, um, when the Army, when the pandemic came on board, um, came to us, you know, the United States, um, Salvation Army Harbor Light is where, you know, um, I minister out of. We had already started to change our programming. Um, we have a program, there's three main programs we have here, which is um, withdrawal management. Um, we have residential treatment. And we also have transitional housing. And we were changing all those formats. But the um, pandemic threw the biggest wrench in it that you could ever imagine. Number one, we had to shut down um, and then move our um, clients um, to a facility, to a hotel where they were being monitored while we disinfected the whole building. Okay, but that also gave us a chance as the staff to do what we had to do to make the place not only safe for them, but to make sure they had their programming also. I think it's really marvelous, if I can take a side note, for the people that are wanting to um, tackle that addiction or tackle that alcoholism at a time where it would be more convenient to keep that going on. Mm -hmm. you know, because if we have people that are quote unquote, quote unquote kind of normal, um, crying and stressing out. You can imagine that, and I also have an addiction and I'm unstable in other areas, but to pick that time to wanna to come and work on a problem and a program, one thing that we do do, we let the people know when they come into this program, thank you for choosing us. Wow. You could have went anywhere, but you choose Harbor Light. And so we count it as an honor that you letting us partner with you in this journey and so we made sure that we were gonna keep them safe and that our programming was going to be the very best programming with excellence that we could give them, whether the pandemic came or not, but especially because the pandemic came. And so instead of having three in a room before we could have more people, but because of the pandemic, we only can have one in a room, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that we're going to change anyway here at Harbor Light for our residential, um, not residential, yeah, residential treatment, um, instead of a 14-day program, we turned it to a 28-day program so they could have that time really 
to uh, mature in their recovery. So we made that difference. We didn't um, let them eat in the cafeteria. We had to take the food now back to their dorm. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had church services, and a lot of folks don't know we're a church. We do the service thing so well. Um, you'd be surprised at the many people that will call us up. Can we take your people to church? And I say, yeah, well, don't just take them to church. Let them live with you. We do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they need they need it more than just a Sunday. They really need it throughout the whole, you know, you got all the church buildings, which is okay. And I'm glad because every everybody has their own function. But take one of those rooms and make uh, an apartment out of it. And to allow the um, uh, the uh, recovery to really work itself out, and so I um, so we went and had our church services. We had to divide our programming people up. Instead of putting them all in one room, we had to put some in the hallway, and then some in the other hallway, so they wouldn't cross contaminate each other. Um, then we went ahead and did um, church services by, um, like all the other churches have to do, we had to do it remote on some sometimes. So we're still making our program book up as we go, like everybody else is doing. And we found out too, um, Bill, that uh, we couldn't look back and see what other people have done during this time because we were pioneering. We're doing it this time. So that's one of the things that we had to do um, to make sure we keep our people safe and make sure that um, they get great programming as they try to go through this thing of addiction and alcoholism. Yeah, I mean, that that really, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think that um, there is a, uh, I, think, I think it's really wonderful, by the way, I mean, how you guys have, been able to um to to adjust and pivot you know what i mean to in order to to make the most of and and continue to provide the services uh in the midst of a pandemic because the challenges are just tremendous as you said you you have to because of social distancing and all of these types of things adjustments must be made uh normal is not normal anymore Uh, Mm -hmm. everything is moving in a different clip so um so i'm very curious because at this time when we have a pandemic and you're saying that there are people that are stepping forward to seek treatment help and it is something like a pandemic that certainly uh, has increased domestic violence, alcoholism is up, drug abuse is up, uh, depression is is off the chain. Again, yeah. that was relative to the conversation I had with my buddy yesterday. So again, the troubles are many. Yes. And so how is how is working through some of those other aspects um, that I just mentioned? Um, at this time, I mean, again, there, there are many people with, there are many needs right now, uh, overwhelming needs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so how, how is the, the morale of the officers and, and, and the various, uh, yeah. I'm trying to use my military terms, but I yeah, run out yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah.
um, to find out what we can do. A lot of times when you have difficulty that you kind of want to back up, but we all come together strategically, if I can say the word right, to sure. see what we can do um, to make this thing happen. And it's just not by ourselves. We pull the resources of people who um, have been aiding us along. We have a thing, advisory board of people that knowing what needs to be done. We pull in the experts to, to help us. Um, we have so many, we stand um, tall because we stand on other people's shoulders. Mm. Um, the Salvation Army does, and I'm so thankful for that. So we get a lot of input. Um, they let us, um, the, um, uh, uh, what is that? The people that deal with the health, the health people come in and let us know, okay, this is okay. This is you can't do. So we partner with them so that we see what we can need to do. Then we turn around and implement it, you know, and we're coming up with so many innovative things to try to make um, I'm not saying make things normal. Sometimes you can say normal so much. It's kind of like, okay, that's, that date is gone. You know, it's right. like, where were you in 2020? You know, because yeah. that right now we're reinventing anything that needs to be done. So we're, we're um, becoming experts at um, of, of changing midstream for things, if I can say it like that. Um, and then still to um, the kettle campaigns that we have that's going out. Um, our place here at Harbor Light, people are so generous because they're wanting to see what kind of help and stuff they can be. Um, we have bell ringers that go out um, and they ring all through the day um, so that they can, uh, we can um, um, bring those, those funds back in to see what we can do. Volunteers that aren't asking nothing, but let us go out there and see what they can do to help you. So that, that, that kind of great support. And then when, when, when it comes down, down to self-care, we try to love on our people that are doing the work and let them know what we can do to support them. Uh, um, there's a scripture that says, you cry with those who cry and you rejoice with those who rejoice. Sometimes it's not the words, it's just the presence. If I can say that, sometimes it's not the words, it's just the presence. And so just being with somebody during the time can just make them know that they're not by themselves and they're not alone. And then when they get well or that, when you want to call it well, when they get better, I should say, then they want to do that and pour that into someone else's life and kind of repeat it into another generation. And um, for depression, I think we all hit it now and then, Bill, and we just take turns sometimes. If it's not, you know, we can't do the maybe the great big severe things that we have to call the person who has a degree for. But if we're down I'm down today, you'll encourage me. And then if you hear it in my voice, if I hear it in your voice, then I try to encourage you. And so we try to support each other as we go through this brand new thing that we call life in 2020. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of we go together or not at all. And, yes. and, what, and, you, and the point you made a minute ago about the words, sometimes the words, oftentimes the words get in the way. And oftentimes we are, in a situation where words are completely inadequate, yes. but what, what matters the most is just knowing that you are there, knowing mm -hmm. that someone is sitting with me and, and prepared to walk with me through this circumstance, this event, this, this time, mm -hmm. uh, means so much more than just somebody mm -hmm. talking your head off or trying to say some magic word. It's like, I no, know. You know, no. I, I love the, uh, the, uh, 
the, I guess it's a poem, uh, the footprints piece. I, that's one of my favorites because yeah. it doesn't require a whole lot of chatter either. It's just, no. I'm walking with you. I am with you. And that's all you yeah. need to know is yeah. that we're in it together. And uh, yeah. so I think that's very powerful, very, very yeah. powerful. And uh, <clears throat> so we are coming up on our, our next break here in just a moment, but I did want to, uh, to inquire about the um, about the the band because I'm looking for a gig. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm your girl. We can, right. we can make it happen. Captain. Hook it up. Hook yeah. it up. <laughs> so, but I would like to know if if any information that you have regarding the band um, and 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 maybe how that originated because to me there's a story there and there's another one that I want you to share when we come back which was yeah. the one about the uh, the young lady the the doe girl and I'm I, mm -hmm. I will leave it right there because I want you to tell it because nobody can tell it like you okay. and uh, and and it's such a wonderful story so. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get ready for our break. You've been listening to and watching Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. And today we're talking about the Salvation Army with my special guest, lead chaplain Charlotte Kofer. We'll be back in just one moment. Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives. From our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Bill Myers Inspires as he and his guests take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. Emmy Award-winning actor Bill Myers is an accomplished actor, jazz musician, filmmaker, writer, educator, and speaker. As a biracial man who's both black and white, Bill leverages his background, talent, and voice through creativity, compassion, and connection as activism for social justice to focus on uniting the divide and compelling change. Bill Myers Inspires encourages listeners to look within themselves and take decisive action to make a positive difference. For more information, visit his website, BillMyersInspires.com, and sign in for the latest news and updates. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now... Let's get back to the conversation. We're back. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires. I am Bill Myers, your host. And today we are talking about the Salvation Army. And I just want to do a little brief commercial. So I'm so proud to be a member of the Inspired Choices Network because look at what I got for Christmas. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, guys. This is wonderful because I use it. I am an IV coffee user. Let me just be clear. I, I truly am a coffee uh, coffee drinker of epic proportions. So, um, but now that we've gotten that out of the way, I would like to get back to uh, my discussion with Charlotte about the Salvation Army. So this time of the year, 
is a very special time when we see the red kettles and we see the folks uh, clanging the bell. Yeah. And I must say, I have spent a number of hours and days as a bell ringer when I was with the uh, uh, Indianapolis Downtown Optimist Club. Yes. Because we are big bell yes, ringing yes, yes, folk. Yes. And so, yeah. um, and, and so that was always a joy because I got to do it with my dad. And that was like oh, a wow. father-son moment. And yeah. it was really, really wonderful. And uh, so, so, so talk to me about the, 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 the bell ringing but, and, and, and how that is going this year. And uh, I know I want about the dough girl. I, I don't feel like I'm fishing around, but I want to make sure I'm getting my points out. And my camera just went out again. So mm -hmm. now you are on. You okay. are on, and uh, so talk to me about the Doe Girl, and while I get my camera situation. Okay, okay, out. cool beans, cool beans. All right. Um, when uh, World War World World War One um, had started, um, we were sending our people from the United States um, over there, you know, over there, and um, we because we were wanting always to support um, and be wherever help and stuff was needed. Um, we had as, as young as the men were that were going over there to serve um, in that war was as young as the young women who went on those same boats that was taking them over there because they wanted to be of support uh, to our troops while they were um, fighting for our country. And so it, it just really, um, I really uh, was admiring the idea that um, although you might be fearful in doing something that's going to be harmful to yourselves, to do it anyway, um, because you know you're fighting for a purpose and a reason. And so um, our young um, girls went there. And one, the first doe girl that went over there, I can tell you how that got started, but she lived in Huntington, Indiana. And I thought wow. that that was so marvelous that um, my hometown played a part in that. And it got, they became dough girls because that wasn't, they didn't go over there to make donuts or anything, but they went over there to help and to support. They went there for that support, online support. And um, what had happened and partnering and, and talking with people and being a presence like you had mentioned before, Bill, it, um, this one girl uh, was a present as this one young man was talking about home. And so she asked him, what are some of the things that he had missed about home when he thought about home? And he said the sweets and the donuts that, she, that, that he would have, that his mom would make. And so she went back to where they were staying in her little part of the camp um, where the Salvation Army was. And she took some lard and... Um, some oil and fire, and I, I want to say a helmet, but I think that's more vindictive of my dream than I think it was, but I'm sure it was a pet <laughs> that they had. But she made a donut for him, made some donuts. And then taking it back, they were so delicious that um, he was sharing them. And then, you know how news gets around. Oh, oh they yeah. got donuts. So Salvation Army got donuts. Instead of calling us Salvation Army, they started calling them dough girls donut girls oh wow okay, so, yeah, okay. We're, we're the donut girls you know wow so that became dough girls and wow. uh, so wherever we go and whatever we do we get a nickname so that was the nickname of dough girls we even worked in the slums you know um, where the when in new york slums and chicago mm -hmm. slums and because that's where we worked in where the slums were they became slum girls 
You know, <laughs> you know so I tell, I'm like, oh, wow, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. I'll, ta- I'll take it with pride. Take, I'm a I'm slum pride. girl. I'm a slum girl. Yeah, Jenny <laughs> on the block, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. Well, yeah. I, I love I love that 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 adaptability to the circumstance, to the situation and the humor as yeah. well, you know, because yeah. I think that that's a way also that we honor one another and make light of, you know, every one of those circumstances are uh, pretty dark, dark scenarios, yeah. you know, yeah. so I think that that's so wonderful. Well, so what can we do? Because I've only got about 30 seconds here to, to, to ask you. So how can we support the efforts of the Salvation Army wherever we are? Because this show is being broadcast all over the world. So, so, so how, how can we mobilize folk to, to support the Salvation Army? Well, there's, there's a webpage, of course, you can go to to find out all those particulars. But if you want to be that presence, there's a myvolunteer.com page you can go uh-huh. on. And you can see what kind of help that's up there, whether it is um, working in with kettles or working with the um, different campaigns, coats for kids or anything seniors. And they have a whole um, litany of lists of things that you can associate with no matter where you are um, to be that presence in that moment. Um, I would like to say too, there has been a, um, um, a partner, somebody has partnered with us that if anybody gives tomorrow, um, yeah, when we ring out there, they will double whatever that money is. Oh, wow. That's a nice. certain amount. So Matching gift. Yeah. Thank that's you. Awesome. Thank you. So that $2 can make, you know, oh, a, yeah. a great big difference. Whatever, you know, whatever amount and stuff that you would give. There's also a virtual campaign. If you don't want to get out because of COVID or because sure. of you can't, um, you can go to um, Salvation Army Virtual Kettle. Okay, the Salvation Army virtual kettle, and you can give that way also, so you don't have to leave your home. Well, you know, that's good news, because Charlotte, I'm going to give to the Salvation Army virtual kettle the minute we get off of this here interview, so that's good news, So I and and I'm a man of my word, so if I'm telling you that, you know what's going to happen. It has been a pleasure having you here on the show today, and I wish you all the best through this holiday season, and God bless you for all the wonderful work that you do individually and your service with the Salvation Army. So we'll, we are here and we will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that didn't hurt. <laughs> Not too bad. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here with us at Bill Myers Inspires. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday. Have a wonderful week.